You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 5720 Ridge Avenue. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. So this week when my cell met, our cells are gatherings of um, us throughout the week in people's homes. And we meet to um, know each other and to know God and to help one another along in faith. And this week when my cell met, we celebrated Brandy and Brian's birthday. Both of them this week. They both had a birthday this week. So we had cupcakes and we were singing around Leslie's dining room table and it was great. We managed a terrifically multi-key rendition of Happy Birthday <laughs> that nobody really cared to correct. It was, it was, we just started singing and we just kept going. I think by the end we were, we were mostly on key together, but it was special. <laughs> Uh, so as we were eating those cupcakes, um, I asked people where they experienced God with them this week. For most of us, it takes some reflection to name the ways that God has been with us in our day-to-day lives. We can be so busy moving from one thing to the next that it's easy to miss how God is with us, or what God is saying, or how God is leading us. If we don't stop to reflect on it and to mean it. Brian and Brandy, they're good gifts from God. So I wanted us to do that together um, in cell. I wanted us to make that space. And I was confident that if somebody couldn't name where God was, that we could listen, at least listen to their story and look for God's presence in it. And the group was really quiet for a little bit. And then somebody asked for an example. What does it look like to know God's presence with us in our day-to-day lives? Is there like a practical, noticeable example? What difference does it make? People were hesitant to answer. Does it feel presumptuous to name where God is? Does it seem too abstract? I wondered if people were trying to summon up some deep spiritual answer until somebody finally said, I was trying to hide the fact that I have Christian music on my phone, but a friend discovered it. And then they still respected me. That gave me hope. God providing this friend for my friend was like a paradigm shift in some ways that bolstered his faith and his courage. Someone else talked about a major fight that had happened an hour before cell, and God was with us in that vulnerable moment because this person acknowledged how she she was flirting with the temptation to handle things her own way, her old way, all while doing actually doing something new with Jesus by talking to us, with us, about this, and sharing the hurt, and being prayed for. I don't think people think that life with God is like lightning bolts and emotional highs, but maybe we do. 
If we do, probably most of us feel like we're missing out on it much of the time. Instead, I think that it's mundane and practical. It's not fantastic or abstract most of the time. It is for everyone. It is all the time. There's no division between the sacred and the secular. Life in Christ is one whole cloth. It's all interwoven and complete. Any sense that you have that you don't get to that time with God because you're too busy or too anxious or too overwhelmed is that division cropping up. In reality, God is in it all with us. Yes. Brother Lawrence died three over 300 years ago. But I was thinking about him this week because of this conversation in myself. He was a young soldier named Nicholas Herman who decided to devote his life to following God and learning more about Christ. So he joined a monastery in France and he took on the name Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. Then he spent the rest of his life working in a kitchen and repairing his brother's sandals. In this seemingly menial work, he discovered a profound truth that having about having a relationship with God. Experiencing God's presence can happen everywhere. There's a book of compiled letters and discussions with his brothers called Practicing the Presence of God. Brother Lawrence learned that God is with him in all that he does. And he learned to practice the presence of God as he prayed through every thought, every action, every moment. Prayer was not reserved for a separate special time. Even doing the dishes became an act of prayer that allowed him to know God's presence with him always. So over the next few weeks, we will be talking about practicing the presence of God with us in the mundane things of life and how that makes a difference. And this week I want to talk about going outside. We all do it. Uh, whether we love it or find it bothersome. When this week started, it was over 100 degrees outside. Now it is cold and rainy. <laughs> but I am not complaining. <laughs> yes. It feels weird to walk out of the house with shoes and socks on, but I love it. So I'm suggesting this week that every time you go outside, it is a chance to participate or a chance to practice the presence of God. What is growing, what the sky is doing, how the wind feels, all of creation is a reflection of its creator. All of creation gives praise to God. So when you consider what is around you outside, it's a good way to tune your heart to prayer. In the deep of winter, Brother Lawrence, before he actually became Brother Lawrence, he was looking at a barren tree stripped of its leaves and fruit, and he was patiently waiting for the sure hope of abundant life summer. And gazing at that tree, he grasped for the first time the extravagance of God's grace. 
he somehow identified with the tree, seemingly dead. But God had life waiting for him, and the turn of the season would bring fullness. At that moment, he said, that leafless tree first flashed in upon my soul the fact of God. And that began a, lo a love of God that never stopped and that deepened in his day-to-day -day practice of life. Now, you may not have some kind of deep revelation like that, but being outside in nature can help you pray and relate to God and tune in how, to how God is relating to you. Now, in the city, nature is, can be harder to come by, but one of the reasons I love living in Germantown is that we have more greenery up here in the Northwest than many parts of the city. And again, that is just me. You may not love being outside. I know plenty of people who find that the weather is dissatisfactory all the time. <laughs> and bugs of any kind spoil their experience of nature. But you don't have to go that far or even be outside long. Being outside is a part of our everyday life for most people. Whether you're in transit to somewhere else or being in nature is your destination, uh, we might as well decide to practice the presence of God. God doesn't wait for the right conditions, but is with us all the time, everywhere. And actually, assigning some meaning to going outside can help you experience something with God. It's so easy to stop trusting or believing, seeking and asking, that we need this experience of something routinely that keeps us in tune with the presence of God. Otherwise, some of us might just stay in our heads. So don't get trapped in your head, go outside. Now, it could cause a lot of worry um, just going out your front door. Some people have legit anxiety about this. If that is you, I'm sorry. This talk might be triggering for you. Um, but whether it's anxiety about leaving your house or anything else, many of us experience anxiety. Some people are saying that millennials are the most anxious generation ever. True. But it brings me great comfort to know that the people who are listening to Jesus were worrying too. This is not new. It's a natural part of our human experience. So let's look at a passage of scripture where Jesus is talking to his disciples about worry. He's actually teaching them how to live. How following him makes a practical difference in their lives. And he's giving tangible instruction through nature, for life in the kingdom of God. He tells them to consider the ravens and the lilies to understand what they've been given. So let's read it. Can someone read for us? So let me tell you this, he said to the disciples. Don't be anxious about your life, what you should eat, or about your body, what you should wear. Life is more than food. The body is more than clothing. Think about the ravens. They don't sow seed. They don't gather harvests. They don't have storehouses or barns. And God feeds them. How much more will he feed you? Think of the difference between yourselves and the birds. 
Which of you, by being anxious, can add a day to your lifetime? So if you can't even do a little thing like that, why worry about anything else? Think about the little lilies and the way they grow. They don't work hard. They don't weave cloth. But let me tell you, not even Solomon, in all his glory, was dressed up like one of them. So if that's how God clothes the grass in the field, here today, into the fire tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you, you little faith lot? So, don't you go hunting about for what to eat or what to drink, and don't be anxious. The nations of the world go searching for all that stuff, and your father knows you need it. This is what you should search for, God's kingdom. Then all the rest will be given you as well. Don't be afraid, little flock. Your father is delighted to give you the kingdom. Thank you, Todd. What is God giving? A kingdom that is not based in accumulated wealth or provisions made for oneself. It's about an upside-down way of life that's not determined by what we try to control. It is surrender to God, a trust that God will provide. Jesus is saying that storing up to provide for yourself on this earth isn't enough. We cannot control what thieves can steal and moths can corrupt anyway. Your worry, your immediate reactions to the world and feelings moment by moment are not to rule you. God's kingdom is greater. There is more to this existence than your own thoughts and feelings. Of course, we have to do some planning about what we're going to eat and where, otherwise we will not have anything to eat or wear. Ravens and wildflowers don't have the same needs that we do. So we can't take it so literally. We're not going to go around naked asking God for food. But it's not totally figurative either. It's important to note that right now, even though this may not be a common experience for you, it's super common in our region and around the world. And for many people who were listening to Jesus, it isn't disobedient to plan for providing for ourselves or our families. But Jesus is trying to free us from defining ourselves by those plans. He's turning their hearts from worry and directing them to God's kingdom. Live into the goodness God is giving you. Treasure the presence of God, and there will your heart be also. Worrying is essentially fear that the plans we have for our lives won't work out. You may need your actual needs to be met, and asking for help could be the best way not to worry. This is how we all live into the God's kingdom, where we share what we have and we rely on each other. Others of us may worry the most about how our interactions with other humans may go. Our relationships are not all easy, and we don't know what's going to happen right after this meeting tonight, even. Will I say something that makes someone upset? Will this person love me even though I often think I'm unlovable? Will I be as weird as I usually am? We often worry like this, but it doesn't change anything. 
we have expectations for how the day will go or what someone will do when we show up. Sometimes this stuff is conscious and sometimes it's deeper down. Worry runs us around and it makes us unhappy. Jesus says, who of you can worry by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Practicing the presence of God is an antidote to worry. It is a practice of paying attention to what's actually happening right now. Where is God in this moment? How am I being loved? And it might not be how you expected. That has to be okay if you're going to receive the good that is being given right now. You can love yourself for who you are now, too. To accept your weirdness and go outside anyway. Yes, others will see you. And you're wonderful in your own way. Jesus says it. You are so valuable. Much more valuable than birds. You might not have enough love to give yourself that pep talk every morning when you have to go outside. A great way to practice the presence of God would be to ask Jesus for that pep talk every morning. Ask Jesus to be present with you at the beginning of your day. And when you go outside, consider the flowers. It's the end of the summer and the fall is coming. The flowers are dying. God provides for those beautiful flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow. How much more will he, does he want to give you life? Search for God's kingdom. Search for God's presence in each day and every moment. Our formation happens in the monotony of daily living and practicing the presence of God in all that we do, in learning to pray, and live into God's kingdom. In releasing our worry and choosing trust. Trust that God will meet you as you seek. Trust that as you practice opening yourself to God in every day, God will meet you and help you receive the good that is being given. As we live life with God in these practical, tangible moments, through these practical, tangible worries, we will have something of substance to share with the next person. It's not just a thought or a set of beliefs, this following Jesus. It's, it's the practice of a life that we can respond to the needs around us. We are receptive to the way that God is leading us to act then we become the answer to each other's needs. Like praying for my friend in cell. Like practical needs of food and clothing and childcare and encouragement. As we, like resisting the lies that accumulated wealth will save us. And we start to value each other the way that God values us. We see beauty in the way that God sees it. We surrender our lives and our life together in generous ways that will not wear out or be destroyed. We're not afraid of what we could lose, but we live into what we have to gain in Christ 
We don't chase after fleeting security, but trust in the presence of God with us is enough. God came in a body through Jesus and continues to do so through us. Scripture tells us that we are where God lives. Since God's spirit lives in us, it's only natural that we are a revelation of this. In the deepest sense, we don't do evangelism. We are good news. We live this presence of God together, and we invite people to meet Jesus as they get next to us. God will make God's self known. Jesus said, life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. There is more to this life than what we see, even more than the flowers and the birds. But let them remind us of this. Let the birds and the flowers remind us not to worry and try to control things for ourselves. Let them point us beyond the fleeting things that we think and feel. Let them remind us to pray and to tune in to the presence of God in all that we do. The more we practice it, the more we can live into God's kingdom. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.